Okay, cool. Welcome to the second audio edition of the Weekly Brew. Um, I'm your host, Josh, and it's very good to have you here. So again, I want to stress that this is for my paid subscribers, members only, and those, obviously, those initial people, few hundred people of you that have supported my work from the very beginning will get lifetime access to anything that I put out. No questions asked. So there, I just want to stress that. So if you're listening to this, you are part of a unique group of people in my circle, which I appreciate immensely. And I just can't thank you enough. It just, it, it allows me to connect with you off of traditional social media channels. And it just gives me a chance to flesh out some of the content that I'm putting out on my weekly brew. So this week's brew is an interesting one. Not that the past ones have not been interesting, but I I connected with another piece on the whole veganism versus ancestral eating debate, so to speak, that was so well put by this um, amazing person called Freya Kellett. And I hope I'm saying her name right. And I hope um, I hope I'm giving her justice by putting her piece of work on the weekly brew because I think it's absolutely fantastic. But before I get started, as per usual, I've got a quote that I'm contemplating, and I guess another quote, but it's actually a tweet. So the first one is by none other than Carl Jung, and. No tree, it is said, can grow to heaven unless its roots reach down to hell. I love this because I think people assume that good comes from good and that people that you, you, you see the surface behavior of some people and you assume it's just because they've doubled down on their goodness. <laughs> and that they have just reached some sort of enlightened way of being in the world that has now rendered them this person that can just go about and have no attachment to most things and live the best life that they can live. And that is not the case. The case is, is the very fact is that your darkness is what facilitates your lightness. So going to the depths of hell, whatever that is for you. It could be trauma. It could be something that has happened. It could be anything really that has shaken you to your core, but you've come out of it. And if you've come out of it, congratulations, you have secured yourself through the roots of your suffering so that any storm that comes your way, you can handle. Life is not about forgetting what is happening and just brushing it off. In fact, it's the opposite. It's, it is about stepping in and plunging into the battle in the most Anthony DeMello sense of the phrase and knowing that you can handle anything because shit will happen. But how you react and how you contemplate that and, and the story you tell yourself after the fact is all that matters. That is, that is all the only thing you have in control in your life, the only thing that you can control 
is your reaction to what happens to you. And that comes from experience, comes from going to hell. It comes from the roots that you have, the roots that have grown because of your suffering, but you've seen the meaning behind what is happening. Okay. So I'm a big fan of Young. I'm a big fan of his work and I should probably read more of it to be honest because it's mainly soundbites at this stage and various quotes and stuff but um, it's probably a good indication to dive deeper into the work of um, of a master especially in this in this the last century so I found that quote a good reminder for myself that whatever has happened has been roots and it's just secured me deeper and deeper. And you always have the you always have the possibility to tell your story in a way that benefits you. And sometimes we tell stories that don't benefit us. So it's always good to remember that. The second quote, let's just say tweet I'm contemplating, is from my man Elon Musk. So he tweeted that I hope even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. And I, I just enjoyed this because obviously there's a lot of news around him um, taking over Twitter or having a big a big enough share in it to influence the way it goes forward and the policies and things that go in place for free speech and whatnot. But that but that's true. That rings true because the 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 very people that are annoyed and people that want to run off the platform because he's taking uh, uh, it over there is immense irony in that because the whole idea of free speech is to converse with people that you disagree with so that not only it informs your outlook on whatever you are passionate about or whatever you are propagating, it is that is the very definition of a society, a healthy society that lives harmoniously with people. And an ex- a personal example would be, I always love speaking to, you know, vegetarians and vegans and whatnot, and I've had a few issues, <laughs> let me not say issues, I've had a few interesting tussles in the past, social media tussles, which I can flesh out um, at some point, but essentially, when you hear where people are coming from, you, you actually realize that a lot of these people are coming from a really, really good place, and they want nothing but peace in the world, and they are doing, they are coming to, a. Uh, th- this ties nicely into the next segment of the Weekly Brew, but they are coming into this world with a sense of doing good. And through conditioned way of being, the default response for them is, you know what, oh, okay, cool. So going vegan is one surefire way of saving the planet and me doing my part because that's what I've been led to believe. And it's a very, 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 very compelling story in the current day and age. It, it is it is so compelling. It it is just the narrator. I even find my I even find myself sometimes just thinking, wow, you know, the level of marketing that people are doing now to promote veganism as the savior of not only you but the planet is just being stepped up a notch and what scares me the most is the fact that it's 
infiltrated the young, the very, very young generation at such an early age. Um, we're going to be a society that is dependent on pharmaceuticals and basically cashew sawdust. Okay, so stick with me on this because if you if you stay around long enough for the next part, then you understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying there, cashew sawdust to actually like literally live and be not healthy, but just be functioning, just be a functioning part of society because obviously we need food, but where that food comes from and the quality that it comes from is very debatable in this current day and age. So that brings me on to the main portion of this weekly brew. I didn't want to add anything much more to this because it was so powerful, but Getting sucked into Instagram's um, endless vortex of stories has its benefits um, occasionally. So I stumbled upon a great a great piece of content from Freya Kellett, who is this um, lady on Instagram. She calls herself Dangerous Woman. Love it. And it highlights many complex thoughts in the meat-based realm that I've been thinking about often. And I'm not as good of a writer as I believe myself to be or as good as a writer as Freya is, amazing. So whenever I see stuff like this, it is a curation, it is me sharing it because I think she is saying it in a way that I can't possibly do right now. Hopefully I get to the point where I can. But once a vegan herself, Freya has transfigured a collection of her thoughts on how ancestral eating, so consuming mostly meat, has benefited her and how the side she was once under the unintended illusory spell of, so being plant-based, was just one giant virtue signaling machine that was in a state of constant closed feedback loop confirmation biases designed for the sole purpose of dismissing our ancestral heritage with eating and healing from meat. So enter Freya, and this is her... Should I read this whole thing? Maybe I should. Yeah, I I don't think it's too long, but this is the piece that she wrote. So I think she's got her own sub stack, um, which I'll link because um, those of you that that are listening to this will be listening through sub stack. So I've made the shift and maybe I will explain that a bit bit more. But essentially she wrote this on sub stack, but she shared it on Instagram on her stories. So I spent like an hour maybe not an hour, but I spent a long time, um, iPhone's got this cool new feature now where you can basically take text from a story or whatever, you can take text from a picture that you've taken and copy it and paste it. So that's what I did because it was so good because I connected with it on such a deep level. So she started off by saying, veganism versus ancestral eating is not about one fad diet or another. It's about two different ways of living in the world. Vegans use cuteness and similarity to humans as the measure of consciousness. Ancestral meat eaters understand that everyone here is conscious. That there is no arbitrary line in the sand for who gets to be who and who we degenerate to what. The cutest lamb, the ugliest insect, the most majestic bison, the most unexceptional sagebush, the bees and the grizzly bears and the un named snails and annoying seagulls and ancient forests 
are all conscious and are here to live their best life and at some point along the way be eaten by someone else so that life can continue. Vegans choose to live at arm's length from death, thinking their hands are blood-free because they don't eat meat, when really the blood is just a few steps removed for comfort and fake virtue. Conscious meat eaters choose intimacy with death, to live without the illusion of separation, to not make natural and necessary processes of life, birth, death something that is wrong and uncivilized. Vegans believe that us modern, all-supreme, well-educated, civilized humans should be above the laws of nature, that we can just sidestep the mess and the grit and the gruel and the eagle ripping the liver from a live chicken's parts of life and be clean, pure, ascended beings. Conscious meat eaters respect the laws of nature and take their place within the web of life, not above it. Vegans apologize for the existence and the fact that it requires death. Conscious mediators take responsibility for the existence by facing the fact that death. Conscious meat eaters take responsibility for take responsibility for the existence by facing the fact of death head on, and choosing to honor slash respect slash revere this process, and raise animals in a way that heals the land and takes life with great intention and respect. She goes on to say, obviously these are patterns, not the full picture. I'm writing this because I think most people miss what I'm trying to say about veganism if veganism is not working for you. And if it is, I genuinely hope your grandchildren have wide jaws and healthy guts and mentally stable brains. But however healthy you feel, veganism is still dissociated from or ignorant of the laws of nature, the way our agriculture system works and the cycle of birth, life, death. In my experience, the most potent healing that comes with ancestral eating is not from the food you put in your mouth, it's from the feeling of being at home on earth, the feeling of finally understanding your place in the community of life, not separate from it. And again, dear stranger on the internet, I love this part, if you want to keep eating cashew dust grown from the tears of child laborers and the guts of soil that requires resuscitation from petroleum fertilizers and bone meal, I do not care. Your presence here is entirely voluntary. Unfollowing is a lot easier than sending angry voice notes. Wow. So I had to take a deep breath there because that was a lot to take in. And I'm I'm not going to unpack the whole thing, but this dichotomy between conscious meat eaters and vegans who are fake virtue signaling is an important one because I truly believe, I truly, truly, truly in my heart believe what she is saying about the fact that conscious meat eaters realize that you can still love animals and still eat, eat meat. You can still be part of nature and still eat meat. And the and the, the appreciation that comes with the fact that these, these animals are healing us and that you cannot eat anything, you cannot live on this earth without the fact of life and death taking place. It all just depends on the level of virtue that you want to send out into the world and the level of cuteness you think one animal deserves over another, a spider over a cow or whatever the case may be. But 
that is so well said, it's so beautiful, and it's so profound that it deserves, it really just deserves a huge like segment on on the weekly brew. And and I would love to get somebody like this in my podcast. And if I do, you guys will be the first to to um get the episode directed directed directly into your inbox definitely and then i ended this week's brew with uh, my latest youtube video which i'll link in the show notes and whatnot which i would love for you to go check but basically i spoke about the term metabolic flexibility and i'm not gonna go over it here too much because you can go watch the full video but i think this is a very underrated concept i think within the carnivore community there is a push to be this perfect carnivore, somebody that can't go off track um, and basically has to have this OCD-like tendency to stick to their diet no matter what and sort of miss out on the inevitable social interactions that life, that just being human comes with. And I think your goal as a carnivore should not should be to not be the perfect carnivore. Your goal should be to heal enough so that you have metabolic flexibility, aka going away from your ideal few choices. Notice I said ideal now and the, now and again, but then getting right back on track. So not letting this, not letting your the so-called bump in the road when you're traveling and you have a bit of airplane food like myself. In the video, I talk about it. Or you go on holiday to Croatia and you have the best, most amazing croissants. But the fact is, is that those are not ideal for you. But the fact that you've had them and that you can get right back on track just shows you that you are metabolically flexible and you are healing. And let's not forget that some of these things, some some of the simple pleasures in life are undoubtedly meant to be enjoyed, especially in a communal sitting with people you love and enjoy being around. So do not let your perfect diet interfere with the fact that social interactions is part of the healing process. And that's an important, important point to make. So I really hope you enjoyed this week's brew, the audio version. Again, if you're listening to this, you are just one of those people that have supported me and really just like taking my work to the next level so I, I really appreciate it if you don't mind sharing this with somebody that might enjoy it that would that would be cool and if you do share it um whoever wants to listen to this will probably have to be a paid subscriber for a small fee each month which helps contribute to the content the quality of content i put out it helps keep my website running helps um just formulate my ideas and helps make things a bit better and it really does mean a lot you know having having a few more patreons and let me know what you think about the moves to substack i hope it hasn't been too uh interfering i hope that it has been a smooth transition and yeah i would just love to hear your thoughts because it means a lot from the initial people that have supported my work so I hope you have a lovely week ahead. I hope this has primed your subconscious for the week ahead. I hope you've got a big old thing of coffee right now and you're just enjoying life. And if you don't drink coffee, that's cool, tea or whatever you drink. But cool. 
I will catch you in the next episode. Cheers for now.